guys welcome to drboystv.com the home for intelligent black people my name is dr boyce Watkins. it's so good to see everybody tonight we're going to talk about something that's actually kind of sad there was a 13 year old who lost his life after uh, a carjacking incident uh apparently he uh somebody told him it was a good idea to go and try to carjack a federal officer in front of a police station we're going to talk about that and not just what happened and the tragedy of it all but also just ask ourselves what has, what is going on in the community, what's going on in places like D.C. where the crime rates are out of control? Uh, what can we do as a community to keep our children out of situations like this? So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on DrVoiceTV.com in three, two, one, and go. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. TV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to say hello to everybody and happy Halloween and everything else. It's so good to see you. Uh, today, I, I wanted to talk about something that's actually kind of sad. Uh, it has to do with a young young man, 13 years old, who was uh, who, who lost his life today um, after he allegedly carjacked a federal officer. Uh, and this uh, incident took place right in front of a police station. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I tell you what. Um, I, I I just don't understand it. Um, it, it was kind of sad and it, it, it doesn't necessarily pass the common sense test, really, in terms of the best places to uh, do that, that kind of dirt. Uh, and uh, more importantly, though, there's there's more to discuss in terms of what is going on with our kids and what's happening in places like D.C. I had just read earlier today about how D.C. in particular has seen a massive spike in crime. The statistics on crime are through the roof in DC. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of reasons, and I know there's a lot of blame to be thrown around. And I know just like the spirit of DC, we're gonna spend more time blaming people for the problem than we will spend trying to solve the problem. So uh, as you hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, I'm hoping Madam President will be able to join me. Uh, I talked to her just a few minutes ago. She said some really insightful things about this. So I'd love to have her come in uh, into the chat. Right to join us, uh, and so I'm going to send her a text and ask her if she's coming. Uh, and uh, and if she doesn't make it, it's okay. I'm going to tell you what she said because I think it's worth hearing. All right, so um, so let me read the story to you. Uh, here it says uh, on uh, in, in I guess NBC reports that uh, an off-duty federal officer opened fire on D Street Northwest on Saturday after two juveniles demanded that he get out of the car, and one held quote his hand in front of his waistband pocket as if he had a handgun end quote. And uh, a 13-year-old boy uh, passed away after he was uh, shot during a carjacking in Northwest DC. Uh, police said the victim was described as an sorry the victim of the carjacking jacking was described as an off-duty federal security officer bernard tony jr of southeast dc uh was the child who died so the child who died his name was bernard tony jr and uh he's a junior so i'd, I'd love to hear where bernard tony G G senior thinks about this and where bernard tony senior might be 
and so uh, anyway, it says here that according to the initial investigation, the off-duty officer was sitting in a white Toyota Highlander when two juveniles demanded that he get out. One of the juveniles was holding his hand from in front of his waistband pocket as if he had a gun. As the victim was getting out of the car, he produced a handgun and shot one of the suspects. Tony was shot and the other young person ran. So uh, said police said the off-duty officer was in his car before his work shift and that his, he legally owned his gun and he is cooperating with the investigation. It was immediately clear for which agency he worked for. It was also unclear if he was in uniform at the time. The off-duty officer's gun was the only gun recovered from the scene. Police are still searching for the other young person. The scene of the shooting is just blocks from Capital One Arena, where the Washington Wizards were playing their season home opener. Two sources familiar with the investigation say Tony was the child arrested in May in connection with a string of armed carjackings in Southeast D.C. He was 12 years old at the time. According to statistics from D.C. police, there have been 821 carjackings so far this year. Of the 134 people arrested, 84 have been juveniles. 84 have been juveniles. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what Madam President said uh, that really got my attention, and I cannot disagree with her theory. So what Madam President said, and Madam President, I saw her at the All Black National Convention. She's a brilliant lady. You got to go follow her online. She basically said that that she suspects, and I don't disagree, that these kids are being led, guided, controlled by some dusty-ass adults that are sending these kids out to go do dirt on their behalf. Perhaps because the juvenile laws are different for people that are over the age of 18, or maybe children look more innocent than adults do, or whatever the case may be, or maybe children are more naive. But what I envision, and I agree with what Madam President said, is almost an Oliver Twist style manipulation of children that's happening all throughout this country, where you've got these gangs of kids being sent out into the world to do things that are going to get them 100 years in prison or get them killed or you know like you know when you when you get shot and you die that is an automatic life sentence that's worse than life in prison that's or an automatic death penalty so this little boy got the death penalty because there's probably some adult somewhere and when a kid gets arrested i think they said he was connected to how many carjackings was it they said that he was connected to a string of carjackings now i don't know how many would constitute a string but a string certainly sounds like more than one or two or three uh, they said 12-year-old accused in a string of armed carjackings on one night in April. The boy and others are accused of, let me see here, accused of flashing a gun at three sets of victims within 13 minutes. Within 13 minutes, this article says that th this, this little boy, within 13 minutes, took off with two cars and carjacked three different people in 13 minutes. It says a 12-year-old boy is charged in a string of armed carjackings, authority said. Not old enough to hold a driver's license, the boy was arrested and charged Thursday in connection to nine crimes over a six-week period in March and April. Uh, D.C. police say other people were involved in a number of crimes. The name of the boy was not released. Uh, I guess they released it now because now that little boy is, is not with us anymore. Uh, now, this article is from May 5th, and here it is, October. Now, I, I, I'm going to admit I have some questions. Uh, first question I have is, I, and I see this question in the chat. I see you, Latin girl. The first question any decent person is going to ask is, where, where are your parents? Where's your mama? Where's your daddy? What's going on right now? Um, the second question that you might want to ask is, why was he out in the street 
free to go carjack more people. Why? Why was he? If it's if if if, if in May you knew that he was connected to a string of carjackings, why is he running around the street still carjacking more people just a few months later? And, and here's the thing: all the liberals out here that that want gun control. I can't align with your thinking because if you're letting criminals run the street with weapons, carjacking people, well, most people are going to want to defend themselves. Most people don't want to sit be around, sit around as sitting ducks, hoping that they win the the cosmic lottery and don't end up as one of the victims of the carjacking. Right. So, so ultimately, you know, th this is what this is the society you live in. And here's the thing: all this was predictable. This spike in crime, everything else, it was it was completely predictable during the pandemic anybody remember how during the pandemic people run around acting like we don't need police officers for anything like get rid of all the police police are all bad i told y'all back then i said you're, you're talking crazy right now you got to sort the bad cops from the good cops because first thing you're gonna do is somebody in there attacking your daughter first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna want to call the cops so why in the world would you disrespect the police officers that really are trying to put their lives on the line to defend you and then just go deal with the bad cops. Go deal with the criminal justice issue in an appropriate way. Don't let these crazy liberals get you out here looking stupid. These crazy liberals will have you out here looking like a dumb, a big dummy. They'll have you supporting policies that will put your family in danger. I never, ever said, let's go defund all police officers everywhere. I never said that. Or I hate all the cops. I never said that. I'm, I'm too intelligent to think that way. You're, you're too intelligent. So a lot of times the politics makes us stupid the politics I, I i'm not a liberal i'm not a conservative i'm not a democrat i'm not a republican because i do not align with groupthink. i don't do that i think for myself and it's crazy to me that there are so many people who are afraid to do that or so many people who just go with the crowd i don't know what to do i can't help them maybe there's some sort of medication that, that we can give them i don't know but at the end of the day all this was predictable all this is the result of policies, all this is the result of you going along with, with whatever's trendy. It, you know, the broken family that became trendy. It became trendy to say that that I could be the mama and the daddy at the same time. No, you can't. That little boy, I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, I will be stunned if this child has a father in his house. I will be absolutely stunned if this thirteen-year-old who's carjacking people in a matter of seconds. At the age of 12, who's, who's literally can do car, three carjackings in a 13 minute period. I'd be stunned if he has a father at home giving him advice on how to become a man. I, I would be floored if that were the, were the case. What you're looking at, people, is you're looking at the breakdown of a society. And within our community, you're seeing the breakdown of a community because the community does not have the courage to disconnect and deviate from what's happening in the society. I do not go along with policies that don't make any sense because I hate the fact that this baby is dead. They, no 13-year-old should be in a situation where he's about to get shot up by a cop because he's carjacking somebody in front of a police station. And it's probably maybe his 50th carjacking, his 100th carjacking. He he, I mean, he has to be good to be able to carjack three people in a 13-minute period. So, so I, I would just say to you that, you know, you got to read the writing on the wall. Um you got a problem, man. You got a big problem with 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 society, and you got a big problem with your community. You know, I I know that people want to somehow skate over it like it doesn't exist, but every time you see a dead black child, it's your fault. Every time you see a child that is going to prison at the age of seventeen because nobody mentored that child, it's your fault. 
because that is your community. And, and, and we're not on any level even having the conversations required to say, what do we have to do? What, how are we going to fix this? Everybody's so caught up in whether or not they like Donald Trump or whether they think Joe Biden is a good president or not, that you're not paying attention to what's happening to your kids. It makes no sense that I can go to Chicago and the overwhelming majority of black children are coming out of school and can't even halfway read and write. I saw something the other day where they got two girls over at Clark Atlanta University who they asked them, they said, they said, what year was it 14 years ago? And one girl said, uh, 1999. And then the other one said, uh, she said, no, 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 14 years ago. What year was it? And the other one said, uh, 2014. Like that, that's literally how poorly educated a lot of your young people are. And, 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 and nobody's talking about it. And when I do talk about it, when people like me talk about it, you say, well, oh, you sound like a Trump supporter, which is about the dumbest crock of shit I've ever heard in my life. Or you say, oh, you're being uppity. It's like, what, what's uppity about wanting your children to be safe? There's nothing uppity about wanting your children to know how to read and write. There's nothing uppity about wanting black children to be as prepared as children from other communities. And so, 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 you know, when I, when I saw the situation with this kid, here's the thing you got to understand. It's 2023. Think about this for a minute. This little boy in DC who got shot and killed by a cop because he's carjacking a police officer in front of a federal building. He was born in 2010. He was a newborn baby just a few years ago. Just six, seven years ago, he was in kindergarten, first grade, head start. And when he was in kindergarten, first grade, and head start, all the people that could have put him in a different trajectory, that could have loved him, supported him, and guided him, neglected their responsibility because y'all out here twerking. Y'all out here following the rappers. Y'all out here just going along with the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. You caught up in all this other nonsense. And, and, and right in front of your nose, they are sweeping up your children and turning them into people that cannot survive in this society. Now, I got Madam President in the green room. I'm about to bring her in here. If y'all could do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. This podcast is on Spotify and Apple. So if you look up Boyce Watkins on Spotify and Apple, you can, fi- you can find it there. Also, I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. You can get a copy at drboystbooks.com. So let me bring in Madam President really quick. Right. Madam President, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dr. Watkins. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let me say, I, I was very upset to hear the story about this kid. You know, this kid who's, uh, he's 13 years old. Uh, he decided to, uh, Tony, Tony's his first name. I don't have his last name in front of Tony. Uh, I don't, you know what, I, 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 Bernard Tony. I'm sorry, Bernard Tony Jr. Uh, he was 13 years old. He tried to carjack a federal officer in front of a, uh, I guess, a, a one of the federal buildings. The officer killed him, and now this little boy is in the morgue at the age of 13. Now, I don't know if you knew this also, Madam President, since you and I talked, but uh, it turned out that he was connected to a string of carjackings back mm. in uh, back in May. So the police he was already on the police radar. They already knew this kid had a problem, but apparently nobody intervened, and now he's dead. Uh, what say you, Madam President? Well, first of all, let's just say that... Um... We have these children out here that are wards of the state. They belong to nobody. You have a mother who's abandoned the child, a father who's abandoned the child, or a father who abandoned the mother. You know, I heard someone say that the first construct uh, 
of pre-planning for children is selecting who you have children with. So now we have a child who is completely all by himself. He's surviving by himself. And there is no greater group of people. There's no group of people who is ready for a child like a bunch of low lives, like somebody who has mm. no sense of intellect, someone who has no sense of decency. Those are the only kind of people that would put a child in harm's way. Think about a 13-year-old. How many people you know that will literally look at a 13-year-old and say, I want you to ruin your life? That's some real crazy shit. But to look at a 13-year-old mm. and be like, I, I, yeah, I want you to risk your life. I want you to go out and steal cars for me at 13 mm. years old. But you know the kind of programming that's required there? That's why a lot of times we like to, the Black community are the group of people who consistently like to be like, oh man, you know, do whatever you want to do. It's all good. We just chilling. We, we 400, 500 years of chilling. And we the only group of people yeah. that have Trayvon Martins. We the only group of people that got George Floyd. We the only group of people that have this young man right here. Name me an Asian kid at 13 that gets shot by the police because he's stealing cars. Well, his parents Ooh. came here and set up shop in every black neighborhood. He working back there. He ain't stealing cars. He already coming to America with some type of economic foundation. Meanwhile, we kicking it. We on BET having a good old time, and we the only group of people with a 13-year-old that gets killed for carjacking. How? Mm. 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 That's that's real. That's that's very heavy. I mean, you you know, it's uh it, it's um it's a hard conversation, right? Because black people have gone through so much um historically, and uh the black experience is just different from everybody else. And uh, and that's why we have those reparations conversations and all that. But one thing that I'm seeing here is uh, that there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. You know, there's a lot of healing that hasn't occurred. And uh, because when you when you think about this, how demented does an adult have to be to take a 10 year old, 11 year old kid? Because because think about it. He, he was carjacking like a professional by the time he was 12. Mm. So so that means he didn't start that job at 12 years old. He probably started at nine or 10 being introduced to the, even that culture where it even makes sense. Think about it. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Yes or no. How many of y'all at 12 years old could have went out and, and even came close to carjacking three people in a 13-minute period? This kid carjacked three people in 13 minutes, and he probably ain't the only one. He's probably got, I mean, his friends are, are doing, and, and everybody around him, including the adults, said, that's really good. Like, you're talented. Like, like wow, let's all go, go do that together. That's a great idea. There was nobody around that said, hey, you know, you can get shot like that. Or, you know, you can get 100 years in prison for that. Like, nobody talked about that, right? So you think about that, right, uh, Madam President? What has to happen to an adult that becomes an adult in their 20s or 30s and will look at an innocent 10-year-old child, 9, 10-year-old child, because that's probably when he started doing all this, and say, you know, I really want to put this child's life in danger, put them out in the street, have them carjacking people, innocent people like like that. That's the part where that, that speaks to the healing, because even the adult who is guiding that child has not healed from whatever they went through that made them demented enough to even think that this is a good idea. Absolutely. And I, I, lo I love when you go here, we start talking about reparations, because now you're talking about a root issue. 
Why are we carjacking? Because we want money. We ain't carjacking because we love to just have cars. We carjacking because we want money. What is the, you know, the foundation for, for money? Slavery in America. So mm. run us our money. You know, mm. money is the root to a lot of issues in, in most communities. And, you know, everybody gets a chance to look at black folks and pretend that, that you know, that we are different from everyone else. Everybody wants money. Everybody wants money. Everybody needs money to survive, to have access to the things that they need access to. And we know the history behind every time we get money, we know what happens. Or every time we've had, we've built our own infrastructure, we know that they bombed us, right? So let's just say something that we could do to mm. start alleviating some of this behavior. And I know that my people are not gonna like this, but it's time for us to cut off, cut off the dead weight. I'm sick of you hanging out with your no good ass cousin, your no good ass uncle, cut them off. They gotta find somewhere else. It's too many of us mingling off the contingency of being related. It's too many of us allowing people that means no good to an entire society to come kick it. No, you got to find somewhere else to kick it. And this is why our children sometimes get taken away from us right before our eyes. And I don't mean by a system, but I do mean by people, things that they find admirable because we find too much nonsense admirable in our community. Mm -hmm. And we refuse to have accountability. Mm. We want to talk about children as if children got here on their own. Children mm. don't get here on their own. So before we even get to a demented child, let's talk about two fucked up adults. Oh, excuse mm. me, Dr. Walkers. I apologize. I know that right. we probably on a on a segment that's that's not appropriate for foul language. So no the reality is we talking about two messed up adults, the continuous procreation of children. When folks ain't even in their right mind, it's like, mm. how do you all look at this and be like, this is a healthy dynamic? And I'm not saying that my mother had me at 15 years old and my father was 18 years old. My father was killed by the time he was 28. I was 10 years old when he was killed. You know, my mother, she grew and lived life and we've grown up together all these years. But there's a hardcore reality about pre um premature sex in our community, improper sex in our community, that's constantly creating instances like this. These mm. instances just don't happen. This is a bunch of years of poor behavior in our community that we think is cool. It's cool, we kicking it, let people do what they wanna do. My body, my choice, all of that. You, you hear that? I hear women all over the world, my body, my choice, well get this fucking 13 year old. <laughs> who choice is this? Who body, who choice was this? Cause get them, you know? That's what I feel like we're dealing with. A community of lack of accountability. And we mm. think it's cool, but nobody has to deal with the social issues that black folks have to deal with. It's mm. sickening. Well, you know, uh, I think that's a great point, Madam President, uh, because it seems to me that there is something that that causes people to get upset when you say, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen when you have a culture that's built around um, music and entertainment that encourages criminal behavior, irresponsible behavior, hypersexualization, horrible choices, 
the murdering of other black people. Wait, what? And, 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 and it's really interesting because uh, I, I think and this is where this is why it's hard. I can't be a liberal and I can't be a conservative because when when you talk about the, this liberal ideology that just kind of says, well, black people are stupid. They're just little victims. They can't have accountability for anything that happens because it's all it's all Donald Trump's fault or it's all the Republicans fault. And uh, and and I, and I just think that when we allow ourselves to fall into that line of thinking, what happens is <clears throat> you see your whole community falling apart all around you, all around you. And you're not empowered to do anything. You're literally sitting there waiting for the next election so you can vote for the same motherfucker that didn't do shit for you last time. And you're thinking that somehow they're going to magically make things better. And no, they're not going to make things better. What's going to make your kids better is when you start raising your goddamn kids. You know, what's going to make your life better is when you start making better choices in your life. What's going to get your kids more education is when you start educating your kids. You, when you, when If you keep sending your kids to these white folks in these public schools, they're going to keep on destroying your children. If you keep on listening to what the media is telling you about how to live your life, getting relationship advice on the Internet from weird, crazy people, you're going to end up making the same mistakes that a lot of these other people are making. And you're going to see that you know, your children are a, um, a product of you. The choices they make are a product of the values that you teach them. So when a 12-year-old is carjacking people, that mean that that makes that segment wherever he came from, the people that raised him, the environment that he was in, that speaks a lot to that environment. Like he is a product of his environment at the age of 12. So so you know, because most 12-year-old children are not thinking, let me go get a gun and go carjack somebody. Right. So so uh, I, th- I think I think somebody else said that they were on his Instagram page and they saw the kind of music that he listens to. And I don't understand why it is so difficult to convince people that the music that you listen to affects your subconscious <clears throat> mind, especially when you're talking about a child. A child's brain is not even fully developed. So when you are introducing a child to uh, to murder, uh, sexual irresponsibility, uh, extreme, extreme, uh, uh, extremely unhealthy behavior, a uh, drug addiction, right? Because we didn't talk about drugs. This, I bet you they got these 12 year olds using Molly, smoking weed, fentanyl, all that stuff, right? They got those kids doing all this and pay attention. Now their brains are not even developed yet. So, so what you're creating is you're creating a whole society of DMXs. Remember DMX got introduced to cocaine when he was 14 years old. He was a damn near 50 year old man and still couldn't walk away from that drug. I had a cousin Mm -hmm. that died from a drug overdose about a month ago. He -hmm. was an entertainer. He went on the road with some entertainers. And while he was when he was 14, he went on the road with these entertainers that were supposed these older black men that were supposed to mentor him. And instead of mentoring him, they introduced him to cocaine at the age of 14. Uh, That is a horribly vulnerable time in your life to be introduced to something so powerful and so deadly. And literally at the age of 50, he still couldn't walk away from the drug. So uh, what I'm saying is that overall, what you have is you have a lack of accountability, like you said, uh, a, 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 a dereliction of duty, uh, the walking away of responsibility. And I just really think we got to understand that when our kids are out here doing crazy stuff, that's partly on us. Yeah, it's it, you're absolutely right, Dr. Watkins. It's 100 percent on us. Um, you know, there's this thing that's called integration that happened <laughs> that mm, kind of ruined yeah. a lot of black folks ideology of what is acceptable and what's the standard. Um, so a lot of times we don't get a chance to choose our own celebrities. Our identi- uh, we identify 
who the celebrity is based on how well they are achieved in a white society. That means if you're getting, you graduated from Harvard, you went to, um, you get a lot of money, you work at a Fortune 500 company, you're a big CEO, you know, we consider those people to be successful. And sometimes I struggle with this idea because I look at my, a friend of mine, her grandmother had 14 children. She raised all of them, didn't give anyone up for a, a adoption, didn't have any abortions. They didn't have a lot of money, but guess what? She raised all of them up. They can all read, write, do well. That's that's a that's a legend right there. Raising your mother, Dr. Watkins, your mother, she may not have had a whole bunch of economic resources, but she raised Dr. Boyce Watkins. <laughs> you know, she's a celebrity. I have a friend, my friend, my sister, we went to high school together. Her, her name is LaDonna Phillips. When we was in high school, we was knucklehead girls walking around in high school. But guess what? She birthed a genius. Her daughter created stitches that turn colors when it's infected. Her daughter did that, you know, recently. So when I tell you that there's a lot of legacy in the womb and the community, I know a lot of black women don't like this word called accountability, but it's going to be some accountability in order for change to happen. Malcolm X says that the mother is the first teacher of the child. So I know that women want to have this equality conversation with men, but the reason that it's coming from the womb is because you are the first encounter with the child. You, the woman, you're the first one. So mm. when you see that you're the first interaction with the child, you're the first one to hold the child, you're the first one to feel the child, when you have a 13-year-old that's being killed by the police, you have to ask, where is the mother? Where is the father? These people abandoned this kid. And I do know that we have children that's born as orphans. We have children that, you know, um, that don't have any family. But as a community, we have to be accountable to our children. But we gotta hold each other accountable. You, I mean, mm -hmm. we want to be over-sexualized, but we want to pretend like we don't know that children come from sex. You want to keep popping vagina, and you want to keep bending over, and keep drinking and act like you don't know what's going on. This is what's going on. The little boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm not okay with a very dumb, dumb culture. Dumb culture is, I don't think it's okay. <laughs> I'm never going to pretend like folks having babies and not know where the babies at are okay. This is a problem and we're responsible. Mm. I know what white supremacy is and I know mm. what black choice is. Some of the things we can choose and we're not making the proper choices, especially to one another and what we consider to be fame, what we consider to be fun, what we consider to be healthy. Think about this, Dr. Watkins. If you wanna hang out and you tell folks, Everybody come, hey man, come on over here, get you a drink. If you say, no man, I don't drink. They're like, man, you don't drink. They wanna know what's wrong with you. But the question is, why the hell you need a drink every time we link up? What's wrong with you? I'm not here to say I'm anti-liquor. I'm not that, okay? <laughs> but mm -hmm. I'm just saying, we have this infatuation with a very, I think a woman said, with a very deadly culture. And let me tell you what one of my 
teachers told me in seventh grade, I will never forget this. My teacher, he didn't eat dead. Um, he didn't eat like hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff. He was a vegetarian. And I said, why are you always, this was in seventh grade, Dr. Watkins, seventh grade. I said, why don't you ever have like any meat on your plate? He said, mm. Chanel, I don't know if anybody telling you this in science. He said, but you can't eat a bunch of dead food and stay alive. That, this is in seventh grade, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, wow, I never forgot those words. But as a community of people, we have to come to the realization that we can't do a bunch of deadly shit and think that we're going to have a lively culture. Get your kids. Have some mm. form of dignity about who you're sleeping with. Have some choice about when you decide to birth children. Stop pretending like you don't have no control over your life because that's mm. a lie. Well, there you go. <clears throat> there you go. Being uppity again, having standards and stuff. <laughs> right. You black, you, you, ain't, you black. You ain't supposed to have no standards. We supposed to be in the gutter. We we supposed to stay in the push our kids in the sewer. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. That, you know, I'll tell you, it's, um, you know, Madam President, I think that what you're saying makes perfect sense. And by the way, I'm speaking with Madam President, and we're talking about this uh, story in D.C. about a 13-year-old kid who um, was shot and killed by a federal officer after he carjacked him outside of a federal building. If you could do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also put Madam President's Instagram. It's one, the number one, Madam President with a Z. Uh, look it up. Uh, follow her on Instagram. She does really good content on a regular basis. She's super smart, very good at what she does. And uh, also this podcast is on Spotify and Apple. So if you look up my name on Spotify and Apple, you can find it there. So, you know, one thing I was looking at too, Madam President, is that since the pandemic, there's been a spike in violent crime in D.C. Uh, in a year-to-date comparison in D.C., uh, there has pretty much doubled the number of, uh, of carjackings in D.C., uh, D.C. has had a, a big problem this year with um, an increase in homicides and an increase in carjackings. Now, a lot of cities dealt with that same issue, especially a lot of the cities that were extra woke, you know, like the Seattle's and Oregon. Like I went to Seattle and Oregon and the people there were talking about crimes that are happening there that, ne that never happened before. You know, when you mix that with what's going on with fentanyl and people thinking that police are always bad and then the police don't even want to do their job no more because everybody hates hates cops. Uh, it's really created like just this crazy, like every man for himself type of war zone where literally there are places I would not go. I would not feel safe going if I wouldn't strap. I was in, I remember being in Seattle with, uh, with, you know, with Monique, um, one of my God kids. And, and I remember being there and not feeling safe at all. I remember literally thinking I might have to kill somebody today because there was a guy that was kind of hovering around us and wouldn't go away. And I, and we didn't have any other recourse. So um, anyway, uh, one of the things I, I I'm, I'm thinking about here is when you're talking about this whole, you know, crime thing, um, you know, crime and culture, right? I, I wonder why it's so, uh, people think that you're you're uppity if you say something like, you know, if you're telling if you're promoting violence to kids when they're young and bad choices, uh, all kinds of irresponsibility. Why are you you shouldn't be surprised that those kids start doing things that are going to get them sent to prison? You know, like like just the fact that Tupac years ago, starting with Tupac, but people still have to do this. They literally have to go out of their way to explain to kids. No, prison is not fun. You know, like, you know, like Tupac had to do it 25 years ago 
but or 30 years ago, but you talked about Kai Sanat, a, a famous uh, internet influencer who's literally making prison look like almost like his Disney World. So a lot of these kids literally <laughs> grow up thinking that prison ain't that bad. Uh, and, and then they don't find out how terrible it is until the judge has given them this 80 year sentence. So now it don't matter. Now you're not going to be free again until you're 75, 90 years, 80, 90 years old. Uh, but but what is going on with that? What, why won't we confront that culture? Well, I think that what happens is, you know, a lot of people that promote the culture of violence in, in music, they come from the environment. You know, so they're promoting what they know. You know, they come from the hardcore streets. So that's what they're rapping about. They come from that environment. So I understand that if you're going to rap about, write about what you are familiar with, right? So the problem becomes, why aren't our people a little bit more detached from the environment? Like, what makes you feel like it's okay? <laughs> you know, the rap, the, the, the drug and then the, the violence, like, why would we put a beat on it and dance to it? So that's the problem too. It's like this isn't good this isn't good stuff, but we've some kind of way made it really fun. So also, can we just talk about the 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 prison, the school to prison pipeline? So it is so beneficial for the system of white supremacy to have young people make poor choices because they already banking on young people to go into prison in the first place. So we got these young men who have absolutely, and women, I'm not going to remove the young girls. We have young men and young women literally making juvenile choices, but they're making lifelong decisions. And what makes me feel a little bit, have a little bit of empathy and sympathy for the youth is, you know, when I was a young girl, when I was young, and I think everybody have a feeling of want to be a part of something. People want to be a part of something. Youth want to be a part of something. They want to be a part of family. I will never forget when I was um, in high school, I had a friend, uh, we graduated out of high school, we played basketball together and things of that nature, but we graduated out of high school and we caught up one summer. I said, what's going on with you? What's new? She said, man, I went to jail. She said, I can't even lie. She said, "My, I met people in jail she said, they loved me. They cared about me. Do you mm. understand that I had a friend? This I, I'm talking, I want to talk to some intelligent people. I don't know if anybody has any form of intellect in the building tonight, but I'm telling you that I talked to somebody that was 19 years old that said that they had to go to jail to feel a family. Family! Oh. That's a problem. Yeah. We have problems in our community. You can go to see Beyonce at the Renaissance Tour. You can go to your favorite NBA game because I went to see LeBron James and the Hawks play last year and I enjoyed it. But when you get finished, we got problems. So when mm -hmm. you get finished, we have problems. When you when people feel like I'd rather commit a crime to go back to an environment that loves me than come home to a bunch of people who are ignoring me. So women, if you are a mother, because I'm a woman, so I'm talking to women, and I'll let Dr. Watkins talk to men. Women, if you are a mother and you have a child, take time and connect with your child every day. Every day. Yes, 
you may feel disconnected from them because you live in a different reality than they do. But you have a responsibility to that child to let them know that they have a mother in this world and they do not have to operate in this world like they are an orphan. We mm. do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I'll say this and then, Madam President, I'm going to let you get the last word. So, you know, when I think about what's happened with the culture and let me ask everybody a quick question. Give me a yes or no. Since this thing, this uh, or a great social experiment called integration, has our culture, do you think our culture has gotten better or worse? Everybody answer in the chat. Has our culture gotten, has our culture improved or worsened since integration happened? Uh, I'm going to let y'all answer that question. While you answer the question, I'm also ask, ask you some yes or no questions. Let's look at quality of life for black people, right? Uh, you know, since you now get a chance to uh, go to white people's stores and give them all your money, you get to go to their school so they can uh, not educate your kids. Uh, you get to spend your life uh, working for them after you go to their universities and go $100,000 in debt with student loans that you can never repay. Um, I want you to, I want to ask you, uh, let, let's, let's focus on three key areas in terms of quality of life. Let's talk about health, wealth, and relationships. Now, in terms of physical and mental health, do you think that since integration, Black people's physical and mental health has gotten better or worse? I'm trying to lay it out here. I'm trying to do a two plus two breakdown for anybody that thinks that we're being radical or crazy when we talk like this. Uh, when it comes to mental health, are Black people better off in terms of mental health or worse off? Uh, in terms of physical health, are we physically healthier uh, then that now than we were, you know, a hundred years ago when we owned land and businesses and, and had our own communities and things like that, or, or, or are we worse off? All right. So, so let's go to, uh, let's go to wealth. Uh, is black wealth going up or is black wealth going down? I mean, obviously if integration was such a wonderful thing, like they taught you in public school, which, you know, that, that white lady was your teacher and she told you that integration was the best thing that ever happened to you then your wealth should be going up. As a community, uh, black wealth should be on the rise. Well, black wealth is not on the rise because uh, among one example, I could give you several because you guys know my, my PhD is in finance. Um, I could do this all day. Uh, but uh, a, an overwhelming majority of black wealth literally goes to paying your student loans. <laughs> Did y'all know that? And what they're doing with your student loan money is they're taking that money and they're gentrifying your grandma's neighborhood. They bought your grandma's house down the street from the university because the universities have so much extra cash that they literally have what I call the Pablo Escobar problem. Pablo Escobar problem is like where, where some drug dealers have so much cash they don't know what to do with it. They have to find places to put the So universities with their Pablo Escobar problem are taking all that those billions and billions that they're getting from the black community as you're repaying their student loans, not to mention the money they're making from your athletes, like at the University of Colorado that, that doesn't hire black professors, but they love bringing in Deion Sanders and them, and them fast running, high jumping, spear chucking Negroes. They, they wanted all of them. They love that. They love that that part of, of the black experience, but they don't hire black professors at the University of Colorado, but they're making hundreds of millions of dollars from this. And they're taking this money and they're using it to buy your communities and outbidding you for your grandma's house. You can't bid what they bid because they, they, you gave them all your money. Uh, let's go to the third category. And I know some of y'all might get mad at me for saying this, but I want you to stop getting mad 
take a deep breath and I need you to hear me and, and debate me on this. If you disagree, if you think integration was wonderful for black people, I'm willing to hear you. I just don't think you have the evidence to support your case. Let's go to the last area. We talked about health. We talked about wealth. Now let's talk about relationships. Since integration and since uh, the, the music industry with a bunch of people who are not black put billions in capital in funneling music that you actually don't want to hear, uh, but they like to hear. They love to hear you. you know, they love to hearing a black man get on stage and call himself a nigga. They love that. They love when you act thugged out, 50 gold chains, 30,000 tattoos, talk about how much you hate your baby's mama, how much you want to kill your sister. They like all that, right? They they like that, right? That's a great minstrel show. So the, the cosmic minstrel show has created uh, a lot of interesting dynamics in the black community. Uh, do you think that black relationships, the relationship between black men and black women is better or worse than it was, say, 70, 80 years ago? Do you think that uh, the relationship among black men with each other has gotten better or worse? Do you think the relationship with black women with each other has gotten better or worse? Do you think our relationships as a community has gotten better or worse since mm -hmm. integration? And I, and I ask you all those questions because if you really want to look around at what's happening in the black experience, you have to realize what a toxic shit show that you have been forced to endure. When you are sitting and you turn on the TV and you're seeing uh, Chrissy and Rock and Blueface or you're, <laughs> you, I, I, or Suki Hana literally talking about, you know, doing that horrible, the nasty ass things in the bedroom. Right. Or, or you're looking at your top rappers as Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. You can't be a top female rapper in black America without twerking in the first 30 seconds of going on the stage. Even Janelle Monet gave away all her class so she could pull her titties out so she can keep keep getting attention. Right. Uh, and then when uh, what was it? Not, it wasn't Erica Badu. It was India Ari basically just said, why do we have to do that? What happened? People avalanched on her. They went off on her. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember mm -hmm. that? India Ari just said, come on, why don't you? we respect ourselves? And they went off on her, right? Uh, and, and think about this. Pay attention now. A black woman can't do what Taylor Swift is doing. Taylor Swift, her little skinny ass just became a billionaire, and she didn't have to twerk one single time. She didn't have to do no twerking. She didn't have to do no uh, no simulated penis sucking. She didn't have to rap about how many uh, how many penises she had last night. All she she think about this. She had the privilege of being able to get up there and just sing, and she uh -huh. became a millionaire just by singing. Uh, you talked about, and I'm gonna let you take over from here, Madam President. But you talked about even Kim Kardashian. You did a good video where you said <laughs> Kim Kardashian is a billionaire. And Kim Kardashian became famous off of a sex tape. I mean, she's the, the most famous hoe in America, basically, you know, in, in terms of how she started her career. She made the sex tape. And you asked a great question. You said, why why isn't Ray J world famous? Why doesn't Ray J have a billion dollars? You know, or or Montana Fishburn, Larry Fishburn's uh, daughter, who, who thought she thought she was white. Again, this is what integration does. It makes you think that you're white. And she went and said, well, if Kim, my friend Kim did it, I can do it. And it didn't work for her. She just became another porn star. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that in terms of how we were deluded by integration and sort of pulled into this just almost like a toxic cesspool uh, of a reality. And we're forced to try to make sense of that. I love when you talk in that talk, Dr. Watkins. I love it so much. You get me excited over here because, you know, this is this is this is the reality. This is the truth. You're talking that talk. So the first thing I like to say is, you know, one of my favorite scholars um, besides you is W.B. Du Bois. And one of the mm. things that he said was double consciousness. He said it is almost impossible for a black person 
to um to just climb the ladder of blackness he has to also climb the ladder of whiteness it is a double consciousness black people are the only people in america that is constantly traveling like this we go like this our whole life we over here trying to you know have a you know that's one of the issues you have some folks i'm over here trying to go to an hbcu but shit, i'm trying to get the the pwi money so, you know so we constantly doing like this oh i want to yeah. serve black folks oh but i need white folks to approve it in order for me to do that so we're constantly straddled across America's flag, right? But let's let let let's I love this conversation because one of the biggest issues about our community is this right here. I'll never forget, I went to the slave plantation in New Orleans one time, and I was on the slave plantation. They showed us a, a little shack that's like a box, and they said, This is where the slaves ate, this is where the slaves slept, this is where the slaves, this is their headquarters right here. And then if you look up, there was this big old mansion that was Massa's house. So the yeah. biggest misconception about the slave's view is that Massa's house is the standard. I don't yeah. think y'all hear me, but they don't understand that in order for Massa to have his house, it's through your presence. It's through your labor. We should have stopped all this shit a long time ago. Stop it. I ain't sending my kids. I ain't putting my money in the bank. I ain't doing Uber. I ain't doing goddamn DoorDash. I don't give a damn. I ain't doing it. No. We are so infatuated with capitalism that we don't understand that it's working against us. Mm. We don't get it. I get it. Now, you've already taught me healthy capitalism. There's some parts of capitalism, it's gonna happen and it can work. It doesn't have to be uh, predatory, it can be healthy. But the issue with black folks is when white people become your standard, you forget mm. that you're the product. You mm. can't be the product and have them as your standard. You gotta fix that. So one of the things that I feel like in our community, the integration day for us it's called the most valuable black. They choose the most valuable black. This is what's so detrimental. Because if you look at LeBron James, and I like LeBron James, I'm a big fan. But what happens is it was 10 of them. 10 of them were athletes. Only one became LeBron James. You hear me? Mm. 10 of them were athletes. Only one became the king of the world. And even though LeBron James is one of the greatest athletes in the world, it's a whole bunch of white folks that get paid off his presence, off his talent, off his ability. Could you imagine what would have happened if we kept the Negro League? But when they took Jackie Robinson, hey, I got me, I got me a ball player, it's over. Mm -hmm. And when they took the ball player, what happened is black folks start going over there to their games. Now, all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you got all these young, you got these black men who are talented. But now they're trying to fight to get over here. And when white people don't choose you, black people start to feel inferior. They start to feel like they're not doing a good job. When white people tell you you're not doing a good job, and it comes in all, in all times. It comes when you start talking about the SAT, ACT. Let me tell you something. 
You ain't survived the streets of Chicago. I don't give a damn if you ain't get a high ACT score. You know how, <laughs> you know how intelligent you got to be to go from your mama house, not get shot, and get back and get to school, lock the door, call your mama, let them know that, hey, I'm home now, get to do the homework, go back out and pretend that you in a normalcy? Baby, it ain't an ACT in America that can teach you that, okay? So we are, we are intelligent and intellectual people. But mm. when they determine what's appropriate, think about the credit score. Well, no, nothing. Now we're getting a little bit more, you know, acclimated to credit. So people talking about credit and all of that. But our grandmothers and them didn't know nothing about no damn credit. We don't even mm. know what, what, what credit score everybody started with. We just know, you know, we just <laughs> doing this. So all of this to say that we integrated Dr. King said it best, and I'm going to let it go because I can do this all night. Dr. King said it best. I believe I've integrated my people into a burning house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that's a great point because, you know, I, I think overall it's a really a matter of being enough of a free thinker that you understand that you're going to have to lay out your own plan of what success looks like to you. You have to define it for yourself and you got to achieve it for yourself. And and, and so, um, you know, I, because because far too often, if, if you're sent to their institutions to be educated as a child, they're going to tell you what the goal is, what the standard is. And you're going to follow that standard. So so the same way this little 12 year old was misguided into thinking that his standard was to be able to carjack three people in 12 minutes. Right. Which was a, a, a hugely misdirected um, way to use his obvious intellectual energy right think about this. this this kid was smart enough to be a doctor lawyer scientist but instead somebody said you could really be good at carjacking well i think that what we got to understand is that the same way this little 12 year old boy was misled into taking his purpose and his destiny and his capability and misapplying it millions of black people are misled uh either by people in within our community or outside our community to misapply our own genius right uh your job in my view if you're black is to build your community uh, the most important job that a black child is going to have when they grow up is being that of a husband and or, or sorry, a husband, father, mother, wife. That's going to be the most important job you have. Not this stupid shit you got going on in the corporate plantation. They they got y'all thinking you you mentioned that too, which I thought was brilliant. You said they sterilize black women with corporate jobs and careers. They they don't sterilize them medically anymore. They sterilize you by getting it stuck in your head that somehow having a, a good job is more important than raising a good child, you know, or, or they having a great career is more important than having a healthy relationship or a healthy family. Now I'm not saying people have to make a certain choice, but uh, that job ain't yours. That company don't love you. You, you, you can work yourself into an early grave <clears throat> and die at your desk and they're going to replace you the next week. There ain't no legacy at that job. There ain't no legacy at all that goes to your family. That's somebody else's legacy that you've been trained to pour into. So I'm not saying you shouldn't get the job. I'm just saying that you take that stuff way too seriously because you let somebody lie to you when you were a kid. Um, <clears throat> if you go back to those three key areas, health, wealth, and relationships, what I would say to everybody in here is that if you want to have a quality existence on this earth, focus on those three areas, focus on your physical and mental health, Figure out what's going to make me physically healthy. What do I need to eat? What kind of workout do I need to do? Whatever it is, your mental health, you got to heal. 
Healing is really important. You were probably traumatized and it is undiagnosed trauma that causes us to harm each other the way that we do. All the chaos that you see, all the ridiculousness, all the stuff you see on reality TV where they pay these Negroes to act a damn fool. All that's nothing but undiagnosed trauma. All that is, is, is healing that never occurred. Uh, and, it, so, and, then, and then in terms of wealth, uh, you got to learn your economics and the economics does not start and end with getting on Massa's plantation and hoping that he pats you on the head like a puppy for doing a good job. At some point, you got to own something. Also, that those resources have to be poured back into your community. And you got to understand economics at an early age, because you are, if you get in a situation where you love money, but don't know how to get money, then you're going to basically become a slave to, to the person who controls your money. You know, so think about this. You love money, but you don't know how to get money. So you're going to be a slave to the person who writes that check for you. They look at all our entertainers. Ain't nothing but high paid slaves. And then the third area, relationships. Uh, I, I, there are specific skills and tools you can pick up that will show you how to have, have better relationships with the people that matter to you, how to show up right for a brother, another brother or another sister. Like, like, you know, how do we, how do we resolve? How do we fix things? How do we partner and work together and build together? If you are traumatizing each other because you don't want to take the time to work on your ability to manage relationships, and then you end up becoming an island then you are very easy to conquer because the number one goal of white supremacy is to divide you so they can conquer you. That's why they wrote hundreds of slave laws that were designed specifically to make sure that black people never got together, that they never worked together, that their families never stayed together, that the men never loved the women, that the men never got along with the other men, the women never got along with the other women, and that you always stay fighting because a community that's scattered is easy to control very easy to control so when you integrate and you you dilute yourself because you're off chasing these these false dreams that they put in front of you well then you you put yourself in situations where you're surrounded so next thing you know you're the only black person in the whole corporation you got 200 other employees and you're the only black person because somebody told you that was a badge of honor well now you have no weak no, no, no strength you're absolutely positively surrounded and you're you're completely diluted in terms of your ability to have any say in the environment that uh, that you're in. You're going to be a product of your environment. Your environment will never be a product of you if you are the only Negro within a hundred mile radius. You have no power in that situation. So uh, that's that's my two cents on it. Um, thank you, Madam President. It was great. I'll let you get the last word before we head on out. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Watkins. Thank you all for listening to me and excuse me if I get really excited, but Black people excite me. I mean, Black folks are just beautiful. We are the most resilient people on the planet. Um, just just always keep that in mind. So I, I kind of challenge you, if possible, as we're talking about our health and our, as we're talking about our mental, as we're talking about our efforts, we're not here to pretend as if our 50 minutes on um, with you this time is going to erase 400 years of programming. But if you are one of those people that have any level of self-awareness, then I believe that you have to start trying to reverse some of those thoughts. And I know that it's not easy because I, a person who talks about white supremacy, a person who reads books on conflict resolution, I am challenged, I'm frustrated, and I'm too in the same country as you trying to survive this big old America. So I encourage you to like, don't feel like that this is a perfect segue, but this is effort. And most of all, if you have children, connect with your children. Don't let this system connect with your children more than you. 
Um, and I just like to say, like I said, I'm Madam President with a Z. You can catch me online. I'm one Madam President on Instagram. I'm one Madam President on Twitter. And I am 100% politically incorrect. All right. All right. So uh, everybody can follow Madam President. Um, one Madam President with a Z. The number one Madam President with a Z is how you can find her on Instagram. And um, it was great talking to all of you. And uh, God bless this uh, poor kid and his family. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And uh, let's let's do the healing. Let's do the work. You know, let's let's make our lives better. I, I believe that that's in your power. So I encourage everybody to do that. And thank you so much for listening. And also, don't forget, we're on Spotify and Apple. So if you look up my name, Boyce Watkins on Spotify and Apple, you can find me there. Also, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. You can get a copy at drboycebooks.com or on Amazon or Audible. So uh, have a great day, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you, guys, on Instagram.